This is Unclaimed Bands, episode 9. Welcome to a special edition of Unclaimed Bands, recorded live at the Mill Creek Tavern on 42nd and Chester Avenue in Philadelphia, PA. We are sitting down tonight with Razorblade Skin. Welcome. Hello, thanks for having us. This is Mikey. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Sounds really excited to hear you, Mike. Yes. Wow, really, you shouldn't. Thank you. Team thank Mikey. You. Thank you so much. Maybe I should run for mayor. That was his parents. <laughs> and my name's Scott. I'm the drummer of Razorblade Skin. Awesome. Thanks for taking the time out to sit down with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Yep. So tell us a little brief history of how the band came together. Well, myself and Scott, we both played in Prima Donnas previous to this band. Uh, that band broke up, and I... With the lack of not wanting to play, started a new band. Just asked all my favorite people to be in the band. Asked Scott, of course. Asked Kenny and Andy, who are both in Clash and Plaid. Started that way. Uh, Scott's on board full-time now. Those guys both are pretty much, too. And not joining us tonight is Jerry, who's also formerly a prima donna. Plays guitar, but he's at a wedding today. So so how does Razor Blade Skin differ from being in the prima donnas? Uh, I think it's a little more raw, a little less like made up, a little more like just rock and roll. Less glam, I guess, which still has those like influences in there, this though. This was sort of a prequel to the Prima Donnas, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Razorblade Skin was sort of the 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 infant of the Prima Donnas. Nice. And then it evolved to be from the Prima Donnas into Razorblade Skin, which is kind of weird. It's going back to your roots. Well, you guys are kind of like Rob Zombie. You know, he yeah, did the prequel we're big to Halloween. Fans of that yeah. yeah, we like that. We like Alice yeah. Cooper. You know. Sherry Moon, if you're listening, call me. <laughs> call them. Call everybody. I mean, listen to that yeah, crowd behind me. us. I mean, racking it not. <laughs> so let's talk about the new album you have coming out. Okay. What's it called? It's just self-titled right now. It's only an EP. It's got seven songs on it. It's got some old prima donna stuff on it. Some newer stuff. Hopefully, we're, you know, we've been working on some new stuff. So we're, the goal is to get back in and do a full length. How does the writing process differ from this album than the last? Uh, I think everyone's more involved than the last time. I think before it was primarily like somebody would come up with a riff and I'd come up with a vocal line. Where now I think we just get in the studio, we start, you know, everyone starts playing and then we just kind of go from there, you know? Yeah, throw it all around, see what gels, see what works, and then go from there. What studio did you record at? Uh, we recorded this one a long time ago at an uh, analog studio in Ashton, PA called Dungeon Studios. And I think we're probably going to do the next CD or whatever format's available by the time it comes out. You know, uh, it's probably going to be at Ron Street Studios, which is also where we rehearse. What's the lyrical content of your music, and what's it influenced by? From, I mean, I, me being the person that writes all the lyrics, it's pretty much everyday life, old girlfriends, new girlfriends, stuff I see while I'm out and about, stuff like that, you know? Yeah, so you, if you know Mike's everyday life, it's beyond <laughs> normal. Mayor Mike. <laughs> Mr. McCheese. <laughs> Well, you know what? I'm really sick of talking about your music. Let's dive right into a track. Okay. And here is Molly by Razorblade Skin.
just heard Molly by Razorblade Skin. Where can people find that track? That's, I, that song is going to be on the EP that we previously talked about. It's also on a compilation CD that I put out last year called Raisin Hell and Glitter City. And it's on that. It's got a lot of really cool bands on it, local and actually two bands from Sweden, a couple bands from like the East Coast. So you can get it on that. Or, of course, you can just check it out on our MySpace, which is www.myspace.com slash Razorbladeskin. You said you put out a compilation under Glitter City? Yes. Tell which us is like my little promotion thing. I try to book shows through that. I want to do like CDs with that. I try to like get some other bands noticed that may not have the resources to do it. And within today's technology, it's so easy. So I came up with the idea, put a couple local bands on, a couple bands from Sweden, you know. So as far as technology, when you look at something like uh, the, the switch to digital media, both for delivering on iTunes, CD right. and stuff like that, or even uh, things as such as YouTube, right. do you think that hurts or helps local bands? Uh, I think it works in both ways, you know, like with us, we have like a little bit of an older crowd who may not be so into the digital age, you know, but I think for like newer bands and younger bands, it's probably better because I think most of that crowd spends time on the internet and that type of thing, you know. I think it gets to a lot more of uh, a lot more genre of people um, being out on Facebook or MySpace or YouTube or whatever. I think a lot a lot more people get a chance to diversify um, their musical influences and see what's out there. I've heard a, a few people say that you know whatever happened to MTV, and this seems to be the replacement for it since you can see videos again. Right, right. I mean, do you find that to be something that you guys would be looking into? Have you have you produced videos for your band? Uh, in Prima Donnas, we had a video before. It's definitely something that we've been talking about as well with some other people about doing a video. Once we get some newer tracks together, which they keep saying, you know, we have some stuff in the that we're actually doing a new song tonight. We have some other stuff we're working on. So I think a video format definitely helps. You know, maybe whether it be live or concept, you know. Besides the internet, how else do you promote your bands, or how else do you think people should promote their bands? I guess we come from an old school background where, you know, we're always used to getting flyers, so we make flyers, hand out flyers, you know, like, I may have 10,000 friends on MySpace and Facebook, maybe 1% of those people are coming to the show, and most people get annoyed when they get those emails and all that stuff about the show. I try to come out, maybe, you know, maybe last time I was here, made a couple new friends, just by hanging out, handing out some flyers, you know. I gotta let you know from from working in the industry for as long as I've been in round, uh, Mikey is one of the guys that keeps this original scene in Philadelphia afloat. This guy promotes every band out there. I mean, if anybody's a friend of Mikey's, everybody knows them. And if you're not Thank a friend you. of Mikey's, you're in trouble. <laughs> Says the campaign look, manager. Look for me in the uh, next uh, mayoral campaign. Be one, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of shows, do you have any interesting show stories? They're all kind of interesting in their own weird way somehow, you know. <laughs> I mean, there's always some kind of antic, you know, whether it be alcohol-infused or just silly stuff, you know. Yeah, she, she's talking about on stage, Mike. Oh, on stage? Well, is it some of them are... Well, you were at the birthday show, I think, weren't you? Yes, I believe I was. Yes. Yep. See, I don't remember because that would be one of the cases, you know what I mean? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to recount it to other people, actually. <laughs> Where are some of your favorite places to play? I mean, obviously the truck when we get the few chances we can. I love the balcony, too. Small little in intimate room. I like it here. We've only played here once with Stephen Adler, but people that run the place take real good care of us. They definitely have the right idea as far as, like, helping the bands and, you know. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it doesn't really matter where we're actually playing as long as we're, we're having a lot of fun playing. 
the guys are, are fantastic to play with. I mean, Mikey, Mikey and I have been together for years. And it's just, uh, you know, tons of laughs, no matter where we're playing, no matter what we're doing. Uh, we could be driving down to 7-Eleven and laughing, but it's a lot of laughs. Yeah, it's definitely, like, I think, more about who the people you're playing with as opposed to where you're playing at a lot of times, you know? I think too many people put emphasis like, oh, you know, this place isn't big enough or that sound's not good enough, you know what I mean? If you know your songs, you should be able to play without any kind of hassle, you know? Absolutely. So who were some of your favorite bands to play with or artists? Locally? Uh, I mean, Locally, tonight, nationally? You tell I me. think it's going to be a good show. we got all friends of mine, the Siders. Haley, of course. Uh, the Soundouts, who are a newer band that we really like. Uh, Clash and Plaid, of course. We do really well with them. Always have a good time with them. Yeah, those guys are always great. We have uh, Electric Bella. Electric Bella, another really uh, cool band. Crank. Crank, of course, who Scott also plays drums with as well. Yeah. They have a record out on Retrospect. They're actually two records, right? Yeah. yeah. So. Now, I believe you've opened up for some national acts yes. before. The one, what was that like? Which acts? It's always fun. I mean, you know, we've opened for, like, I think our sound kind of fits in a lot of different genres. So we've opened for everyone from Orgy to L.A. Guns to Striper to Steven Adler, Europe, Europe you know, the Bullet Boys. I mean, pretty extensive list, you know. Did you open up for them in Philly or outside of Philly? Both. We opened for the Bullet Boys in Reading. I mean, yeah. we did L.A. Guns up in New York. New York a couple times with L.A. Guns. Yeah. What other places or venues outside of Philly do you like to play? Honestly, my favorite city to play is Pittsburgh. If there's one person there or 1,000, they're all in, either they're into it 100% or they're not. If there's one guy who likes your band, he'll stand right up front. Every time we've ever played, they've had a great time. Yeah, it's literally one street with a bar, then a shop, then a bar, right. then a shop, then a bar. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you find, since you're talking about how great it is to play in Pittsburgh, why would you say it's better to play there than, say, Philadelphia? I mean, obviously a little bit bigger. Do you think it's just overcrowded? I think or? people are a little less familiar with it. It's something new. I think people see us more often here, obviously, because we're from here. They kind of know what we're about already. Plus, I think, I think a, a major part of the tri-state area is still into the, the cover tunes. And I, I, we see it a lot. And when you go out in this tri-state area, you start to see, like, New York... Pittsburgh, right. um, Baltimore, you know, Baltimore, they're all looking for what's coming out next. They're all interested in what's what's the big thing going to come next to, to knock Justin Bieber off the map. Right, right. <laughs> so what do you think could be done to make Philadelphia a better scene for original music? I mean, obviously you're promoting as much right. as you can and, you know, bringing in bands. Because uh, I think one of the bands tonight is from New York, right? Well, they actually canceled, but we oh, have another. Canceled. Yeah. But, you have, but so you generally have we do try to bring a band in from out of state to play with us, yeah. Do you think it's a, ma a matter of, uh, since people like the covers and all that, and obviously they're familiar with the music. Right. But do you think it's a matter of they just find uh, local original music unaccessible or it's not? I do think that's, that a, honestly, I do think that's a big problem. I don't think you get a lot of radio. You don't get any kind of radio, like, regular play anyway unless you're on loud and local you don't really see a lot of ads like for the band you know like we were fortunate enough that there was an ad for this show in the philadelphia weekly but generally if you're not working it then no one else is yeah, working it's it like for i you. said before you know it's a lot of self-promotion and, and mikey is the guy that self-promotes not only his own band but a lot of other bands still coming up and he helps out a lot i mean this, this guy we were kidding about earlier about Mikey being the mayor of Philadelphia. <laughs> well, it's kind of true. I mean, you got you got all these uh, bands that are up and coming that nobody's ever heard of. Well, here comes Mike from Madonna bringing up these bands and, and putting them on his flyers 
and advertising and going out to the clubs a couple times a week to make sure that people know of the upcoming shows. This guy is just like a, he's a promotion machine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I look at it like if you get one new person coming out, you kind of get two or three new people at the next show because they're going to go home and be like, hey, I saw this new band. They're really good. You should come with me next time. Absolutely. And then you just hope you kind of ladder it that way, you know? Well, let's hear another track. How does that sound? Well, they sound psyched. They agree. I have to add, this is personally one of my favorite songs ever. Oh, you're too kind. The campaign song for Mayor Mikey. <laughs> it's King of the Drag Queens, performed by Razor Blade Skin. Don't tell- 
drag queen fans I don't think we have I, I don't know maybe maybe they just don't wear the outfits and maybe when they leave here they are in drag you know I think that song well it's, that song is more about being an individual more than it is being a drag queen you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's just you know being your individual being yourself kind of thing have you seen your fan base change over the years not really maybe a little oh. bit you know I don't really think so because I mean yeah as an ad norm more people and uh, and building a bigger fan base, but for the most uh, for the most part, I've seen people that have been with us for years. Yeah, and definitely. They're still with us, and they'll they'll drive for for miles to come see us. Like even and, tonight, we have people from Reading here to see us. A couple people from Baltimore came up for the show. Yeah, incredible fan base. Incredible. I mean, honestly, it goes to all the whole everyone in the band. Very personable to people that come to see us. Like we try to spend as much time as we can with everybody. Buy them a drink, have a drink with them, whatever it takes. You know, let them know that like you know their money through the door means a lot to us. You know, well, I think that's no a one's lot any too. more important. Than we're not, we're not untouchable. I mean, we got a lot of bands that'll sit there and be like, well, you know, I can't drink with the, the people that come out. And right. Pay for my CDs or buy. A they are the true prima donnas. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And we, and don't don't be, get it twisted. Right. Don't be confused when voting. <laughs> yeah, we're the drag queens. <laughs> but we're we're willing to sit down and have a drink and uh, and and a talk and uh, you know share a few. Laughs. I mean, we go to shows too, so we want to be treated the same way we treat our awesome. friends. You know. Yes. Absolutely. Nice. Back uh, more on the topic of the local music scene here. What are your feelings about uh, what can be done between clubs? I'm sorry, I think my pants just dropped. <laughs> what do you think can be done uh, as far as, uh, you know, bands obviously have to promote themselves. Yeah, definitely. But as far as the, the venues themselves, are there venues you find that are a little bit more conducive to it? You know what, each venue I think is a little bit different. I think some are like so worried because the scene hasn't been that great lately that now they're charging you to pay for sound, the door guy, the whole thing. You know, I think the bands need to be a little more public with the, you know, handing out flyers, promoting it as much as they can. Do you think that's something that can be changed? I mean, honestly, I do. I really do think that people put more effort into And, like, you know, like tonight, like, there'll be other people from other bands here to see us. And I always say, look, I can't make every show, but there's always someone from our band at a show that we're friends with or we want to support. I don't expect every guy in your band to come out and your whole family. But, I mean, I, I don't think it's making that much of an effort to have one or two people from your band 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The same respect you'd want me to come. You know? Like, don't email me and don't ask me to come to your shows if you never have any intention of yeah. coming to see my band. So, you know? so along that line, do you have any do you have any pet peeves as far as like you know other bands and when you go uh, absolutely when I get emails from bands and you know they kind of glad hand me because they want me to come to their show and then when I send them a message or something to come see me, it's like oh I can't get a babysitter or I can't do this I can't do that. It's like well look dude I didn't ask you to bring your whole band I'm asking you or one other guy you know so I just think mutual respect is important as exactly, far as that goes exactly. you know little, little uh, support within right within absolutely the scene, right just support from absolutely fans. like you could come out tonight and see four bands and then the next time your band plays you just made 10 other people if it's you're going to share back and forth like the bands who will come see us tonight we'll go see them the next time they play and if the other bands are conscious of that too you're going to make 10 new fans probably why do you think bands can't see that I mean it seems such, so it clear seems pretty easy right I don't know I think the, the, a little bit with the internet and stuff of that nature has kind of made people a little less like more lazy the economy's not great either but yeah I think that's a lot with it too it's a lot economy, with the you know it, it's, it's we're, we're working with an economy that's bummed right now and uh, you know I'm just grateful, personally. I mean, I, I called Mike not too long ago, and I, and I thanked him for asking me to be in the band for, you know, the years that I've been with him. And uh, I just think, you know, with the economy flailing around as it is, and, and uh, people aren't spending that kind of money anymore, you know, to come out and see bands. And, I mean, I, I was just talking the other day about a uh, place that I used to play. We used to play five nights a oh, week. Oh, yeah. And it used to be packed. This is back in the 80s, but it used to be packed every night. Now you get a band in there and they play one night. And they can't pack the place. Or get anyone for that matter. Exactly. To even half fill it, you know? So, I mean, you can see where the economy's going. As, as and the well truth is, the not walls. every show is always going to be blockbuster for any band. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to have those off nights. But at least, like, I give more respect to a, a guy if I'm at a club and he's working and handing out flyers and calling people and nobody shows up. You know what? At least that guy tried, as opposed to the guy who does nothing and then just complains, oh, no one showed up. Oh, they're charging me too much for my drink. It's like, well, what did you do to warrant any of the stuff that you want? Like, why would you want money? There's one person here, you know what I mean? As a promoter, I have a few questions. Okay. Scott, you seem heavily into promotions as well. Do you see more of a unity or a division between the promoters in Philadelphia area? That's a tough question. I think a little bit, I mean... I get along with some people, but obviously I, get, I don't get along with some people. I think some people look at it as a little bit of a competition, you know? Absolutely. And I don't, I don't think as, as self-promoters, I don't think there's a lot of bands out there that are doing self-promotion as, you know, as much as they should be. I mean, you know, you got a lot of guys talking that they're like, oh, well, we just we announced it on uh, Facebook today. You know, and it's like, well, why didn't you announce it two weeks ago, you right. know, a month ago, whatever? Have you even been to the club to see where you're playing? Like Exactly. Like the yeah. first time we played here, we're like, let's go down and at least check the place out before Absolutely. we just show up and not have any idea what we're walking into. Yeah, we get there We get there at least two weeks prior Absolutely. to check it out. Like, I mean, if you looked around earlier, we got some posters hanging up. We got some flies around. The bar staff knows who we are from hanging out here, you know. Yep. Absolutely. So it's important to be prepared. Absolutely. Yeah, be definitely. ready. Absolutely. I mean, if you're going to show up to a place and you and you're going to complain about all that stuff, then you only have yourself to blame for not doing any research, you know? And again, like, you don't have to have every guy in your band coming out, like, you know, checking all the specifics, but one or two guys come out, show their face, and show the club, hey, look, we're putting an effort in. Why don't you put an effort in? It goes hand in hand, you know? You can network that way, too. Yeah. Absolutely. More networking. Yep. Definitely. Especially in a small little scene like this. 
not that hard to get that many people. I think people put more effort into it. I think it would be a lot better. No, and they all know you. Right. They all know you. You go to one show, you meet everybody. So, I mean, aspiring musicians, listen. Yes. You'd be surprised at how many people you could meet if you actually leave your house. <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. People get a, a better exactly. sense of your personality. You know what I mean? Like, you know, on Facebook, you could say whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like, I could say, hey, I have a million dollars. I'm a star athlete on that Facebook. I could be whoever and whatever I want. But if I meet you in person and you think, hey, that guy's pretty cool. I'll go see his band. Or, hey, that guy's a jerk. I'm not going to go see his band. People don't know one way or the other if they don't get to see you beforehand. So that's obviously the downside of the technology. I think so. People just set it, forget it, go right. out and think it reaches millions, but it's not really reaching. Right, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, not unless you're out there and, and bapping them around the head. I don't I don't think it's something people retain very long, you know what I mean? You know. Hey, pay attention to me. I just put something up on Facebook. We're playing here. Come on out and see. Yeah, yeah I don't, don't think people retain that very long. Right. I mean, we use Facebook, too, and stuff. Like, we're not opposed to that, obviously. It's helped us, but I think generally our most of the reason why we do so well or well in any you know cases because we actually go out and meet people and acclimate well, ourselves to the club. Yeah, obviously, I mean, we, we use it too. I think right. it's a great tool. Absolutely. But I think that the fact that it's so accessible to so many people. Yeah, I think people, people take it for granted a little bit. You know? I also think that with Facebook, you can choose not to pay attention to anything. You yeah. know, you can just be like, oh, that person has another show. Whereas if you hand someone a flyer, they're forced to look at right. it. They're forced they go to home, look it's down in their pocket. Yes, they have exactly. the out their pockets at the end. Of the night. Oh, okay. They put it on their dresser or whatever the case may be. Yep. You know. Yeah, Whereas it's more Facebook, personal. Mm-hmm. more personal. Right. Where you you can choose with the internet what you want to do and what you don't want to do and like see and look at. Like even when we were at a we saw a band the other night over at the Pennant, and I gave a guy a flyer. And he's like, Oh, I'll be out of town. I won't be able to go. I'm like. Well, look, just keep it and pass it on to someone else then, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like I say, just check out the band then. Right, I mean... Or the podcast or whatever absolutely. it is. Just check it out. If you can't come to this now, right. you might absolutely. be able to come to something else later. Absolutely. Even if you make up a flyer with your website on it. I mean, yes. something. So what advice do you give to aspiring musicians and bands that are just starting out trying to make it in the scene? I was on the hills. <laughs> Quit now. <laughs> I would just say be true to yourself because all the trends, by the time you're hot on that trend, it's already on to the next one. So just play what you like doing, you know. Absolutely. And, and don't ever get bogged down with, you know, it's a band. Uh, I get a lot of guys that come up and say, you know, oh, I hate this guy. I can't stand right. that guy. And they, you know what? Life's too short. This is a band. This isn't. This isn't like, you know, this isn't like your family. Right. That you have never, a day job already to complain exactly. about, you know. Your friends. You know, friends get over things. I mean, this is the way it works. You pop them in the eye, you get over. (laughs) You got to make it fun first or it's not even going to be worth it at some point, you know. But, yeah, I I think the best thing is just to tell them, you know, have fun at it. Have fun. Don't take it too serious. Right. I mean, the parts that need to be serious, of course, take seriously. But as far as, like, thinking you're going to be a big rock star and make a million dollars, you know. Get a desk job. (laughs) Thanks for sitting down with us. And communicating thoughts oh, and feelings and campaign slogans. We appreciate that. <laughs> I'm Amanda Mayhem. I mean, you can't and deny I what this the, message. You cannot deny what the people want. So you hear them now. Yeah, you can't, exactly. You can't argue with the public. This is going to be great B footage for when, for when yeah, you, you do run. Yeah. yeah. We're going to put exactly. out a live album and use some of that footage. Kiss yeah. a live four. Yeah, I know, right? Okay. Well, this is Unclaimed Bands and Razor Blade Skin. This is Mikey. Thank you for having us. 
and Scott. Thank you very much. And once again, I'm Amanda Mayhem. And I'm Sean Gallagher. And thank you for listening, as always, with passion. The statements, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals and in no way reflect the views of the unclean bands, its parent company, or subsidiaries.